We took a couple weeks off. Now we're back. What have we missed? More Marvel Legend reveals. What is going on with the WWE? It's Halloween season. What are your favorite horror movies? We're going to talk about this and more today on When Geeks Collide. When geeks collide, how's everybody been? Hope everyone had a uh, great Thanksgiving in Canada. It was a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was going to take a week off for Thanksgiving, and then I ended up taking, I think, maybe two weeks off. I'm not sure. Maybe three, even. Yeah, I think three. But uh, we're back now. Um, lots going on. Lots of uh, news that's passed, but... Uh, I probably can't remember it all, so I'll just come with this past uh, week's news. First, AEW All Elite Wrestling once again beat WWE's NXT on USA for the fourth week in a row, uh, which I guess isn't really a surprise. But the surprise is they beat SmackDown on FS1. Now, SmackDown wasn't on, like I said, wasn't on uh, Fox, proper Fox. It was on FS1, their uh, sports network. But still, uh, for AEW, it's a pretty big win. Um, You know, they didn't even crack a million people for SmackDown, which is crazy considering FS1 apparently is a highly available channel in the United States. So, uh... Let's see, you know, it's probably an anomaly. Um, we'll see how this week goes. But, uh, yeah, for AEW, another big uh, victory. Uh, I want to talk about, from AEW, the, um, I guess, the concession stand brawl they had with Cody, uh, Cody, Dustin, MJF, and DDP brawling with uh, Chris Jericho in his inner circle. It was great. Uh, wrestling has lacked something like that uh, for a long time. And I think it was, well, not unlike anything WWE was doing, but done way better than if the WWE had did it. And uh, I'm not like Mr. Uh, like touting uh, AEW, but I've loved each week what I've seen. Uh, the AEW Dark, they're great. Uh Dynamite's been great, and that that brawl was just great. I I watch. I just, I just say great three times in a row. There, kind of weird. Hmm. So, yeah, a little bit. Anyways, um, it was it was amazing. Uh, so good, and this is what I liked about it. The heels got beat up. The baby faces didn't get beat up. The heels got beat up. Which, if you watch the past weeks, the inner circle was laying out all the faces. 
this week, they get a little bit of uh, retribution, so to speak. Now that, to me, is something you very seldomly see in the WWE. They have so many heels, they have no, like, truly over baby faces. Uh, you know, what have they done to Seth Rollins? Like, that guy, you know, once he became Becky Lynch's boyfriend, and they kept calling him that on TV, like, he's just, he's lost a lot of his, uh, his heat, I find. Um, but yeah, just nothing but great stuff. Uh, I think coming from AEW this week, they're doing a contract signing. Uh, it's going to be pretty great. Uh, also, big news item this past week is WWE 2K20 has been released. And it went off like a fart in church. Uh, I have not got it myself. You know, in past years, I would get the game like right, right away. Uh, without hesitation, and I just, I don't know, I still play 2K19, and I like it just fine, I love, you know, there's my universe mode, I have a universe, it's like 90s WCW, where I like downloaded a bunch of WCW guys and used the WCW guys that were in the game, then uh, for a bit I had an ECW roster, and then I also have uh, just like one that's kind of like a super indie. Uh, and I just, it keeps me, like, amused. I don't play it enough to really be tired of it, to be honest. Sorry, I'm just uh, shuffling some papers here. I have my show notes, because uh, I'm Mr. Professional now when I do these podcasts. But, uh, yeah, apparently the game is no good. Um, uh, I've heard some complaints, they're kind of lame complaints, like, uh, what was one? It was like, I can't remember, but there's so many that just have nothing to do with like the real problems of the game. The problems with the game is it was rushed. Uh, they're no longer working with the Ukes. The Ukes engine is gone. They had to apparently recreate that engine, 2K did. Um, you know, they have this date. They got to get the game out by... Uh, I remember when I was a kid, a game would say it's coming out, and then it would get delayed by months. I remember WWF Attitude getting delayed for months because uh, they wanted to, it was either take Owen Hart out, or do something where it was in the memory of Owen Hart, I can't, I can't quite remember, but it was delayed. I remember... Uh, WrestleMania 2000 being delayed a couple days. I remember uh, No Mercy being delayed. So, if the game wasn't ready, I don't know why they didn't just delay it. Like, you know, there's pre-orders. Yeah, I pre-order stuff all the time from EB Games. I pre-order only strictly Marvel Legends, to be honest. But, you know, it'll say a date. Sometimes it comes out before, sometimes it comes out after. If you have the if you have the pre-order, like your pre-order is there until it comes out. Like it's not like you're gonna lose it. Um, but yeah, just very glitchy. If you go online, just go on YouTube, type in uh, WWE 2K20 glitches, and you will see some <laughs> pretty f not just funny, but also like 
kind of scary glitches. Um, there's a couple I've seen with the hair of, like, the wrestlers being kind of, like, cardboard, you know? Like, it wouldn't move, like, old SmackDown games for, like, PlayStation 1 and 2. It's like, you know, each year you should be improving, not, like, you know, like, regressing. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, so as of right now, I have no interest in the game. I am happy with my WWE 2K19. If I am 2K, I am working right now on 2K21, trying to make it the best game possible. Because you know what? AEW apparently has a video game coming out, and apparently they're using the AKI engine, which is from, like, WCW World Tour, Revenge, WWF, WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy, uh, the first Def Jam game, I think Def Jam Vendetta, they all use that engine, to me, the best wrestling video game engine, so, you know, they don't want to be getting their butts kicked something else by, uh, um, AEW, I guess, uh, some other news, uh, there's more Marvel Legends reveals. It seems like every week there's something new coming out. You know, San Diego Comic-Con, we had a bunch. We had a bunch at New York Comic-Con. They had some at Fan Expo. They revealed the uh, Alpha Flight uh, box set. This past weekend, I think it was London Comic-Con and Paris Comic-Con. I'm not sure the names. I think they have different names. But they revealed at each of these, or both of them, I'm not sure. Uh, so there's a Spider-Man wave coming out that has like two PS4 uh, Spider-Man game outfits for the Gamerverse. It has uh, Sang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. It has uh, the Vulture, uh, White Rabbit, which is a classic... Spider-Man villain, and there's one more. Oh, man. Offhand, I can't... I can't remember offhand who, what that one was. Now, see, now it's driving me mental, so I'm gonna, uh... Okay, so here we go. Right here. Oh, Superior Octopus. So, that wave, uh... They announced, I believe, at San Diego... They, believe, uh, they announced some of them, and then I think at a Comic-Con after that, they announced White Rabbit, and they announced that the uh, Build-A-Figure will be the Demo Goblin, which is a great-looking figure. It looks like some parts were reused from, you know, uh, the Green Goblin figure, but this, to me, I think it looks great. It took a line that, honestly... I was probably only interested in the Vulture, the, uh, I, I definitely wanted the Vulture, I definitely wanted the White Rabbit, and the Shang, the Shang-Chi. Now, I want all of them, because I want to build that, uh, Demo Goblin. But, the biggest news, I've already gone on my little rant about them releasing Fantastic Four figures, after I finally got the thing, they're bringing out a thing, but the Build-A-Figure 
will be Super Scrawl, which has been a rumored figure for about a year, maybe year and a half, as a Walgreens exclusive. Now it's coming out as a Build-A-Figure. Looks great. Uh, has, like, uh, the Invisible Woman arm. Has uh, a fist, like, so one arm's like the thing, and the fist is on fire. Just some cool effects. Uh, great. Great figure. <laughs> it's making me... Well, no one's making me, but now I'm going to have to buy a set that I really have no interest in. The only figure I have an interest in is Doctor Doom, and now I'm going to have to get all of them so I could get the uh, the Build-A-Figure for the Super Scroll. Uh, I'll probably end up just selling the Fantastic Four figures loose. But, uh, yeah, that's some, uh, some of the news. Also announced... Uh, we're going to get a comic book version of the Winter Soldier, which is awesome. I've been working on for uh, YouTube uh, top 10 Marvel Legends that I want to see. Uh, the list was actually, I've turned the list, for which last year I did a list, it was one, one list. This year I'm doing three. I'm going to do a comic book characters one, an X-Men characters one, because they're kind of like their own little world. And uh, MCU figures that I would like to see. And I was going to put Winter Soldier on there as uh, one of the top slots. So now I have to kind of go back to the drawing board and uh, update update that a little bit. Um, also, they had to release some images of... Uh, the strong guy build a figure that's going to be with an upcoming Deadpool wave. Uh, it looks, it looks great. Um, like Hasbro has been killing it, and uh, yeah, just you know, take my money, Hasbro. Uh, I'm sitting here right now. I'm recording this part of the podcast. I'm recording at my kitchen table. I'm surrounded by a stack of Marvel Legends that I need to open, that I want to do some reviews for. I got them in front of me on the table. I got a stack beside me. Hasbro, you're killing me. But I can't really complain. I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. Uh, yeah, so it was at the Paris Comic Con that they... Uh, Unveiled the Winter Soldier, which I think looks fantastic. Uh, really, really sought-after figure. He's probably going to be hot, uh, a hot one when he comes out. Also, rumor is that he's going to be part of uh, a Black Widow uh, movie wave, which will have some movie figures and some comic book figures. But that has yet to be confirmed. Uh, I was trying to think what else I want to talk about for the news. Cave. talked about the legends, talked about AEW and uh, another strong showing 2K20 game. Uh, so that's really all uh, newsworthy. I think I have. Oh, uh, Joker again was uh, I believe was top of the box office. Uh, once again, let me just uh, confirm that. I'm going to go to 
thenumbers.com. That's where I go for uh, all my movie news. Well, not news, just to see. Uh, so, yeah, for Monday, Joker was number one. Let's see the weekend. Because Maleficent came out as well. Uh, I also had the opportunity to see Joker. Um, I loved it. Uh, I'll talk about it after. Uh, Logan, Logan Savage's review this week is of Joker. And uh, right now, Joker has pulled in worldwide box office $850 million, $18,842, which is pretty outstanding. Uh, I see the weekend box. Oh, it was... Okay, so it was number one for two weeks, number two for the weekend of the 18th and this past weekend. So, gone down a bit. Uh, you know, Maleficent did come out. Uh, not too shabby. Uh, it was back at number one for last night. But, uh, yeah, really strong showing. Uh, I'm sure Warner Brothers is happy uh, that they're, uh, they have a property that uh, is doing quite well. Uh, let's just see. Top five was Countdown. I don't know what that is. Number four was Zombieland Double Tap. Number three was Adam's Family. Number two was Joker. And number one was Maleficent, Mist Mistress of Evil. It only beat uh, Joker by about $80,000, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, this week, Logan, like I said, Logan Savage is going to have his review of Joker. I think uh, we're probably going to head over to that now. Um, when we come back, I will give my thoughts on what I thought of Joker. Uh, and also, maybe, uh, not maybe, definitely, I want to talk about, uh, since it's Halloween this week, I want to talk about my top five horror movie series or franchises of all time, uh, I'll kind of go from five to one, and, uh, just kind of explain my reasoning for how I feel about each of those, but, uh, right now, we're going to head over to Logan Savage and his, a weekly movie review, this week, the Todd Phillips cinematic, cinematic classic, Joker. Thanks, Steve, for those kind words. Hey, mofos, it's Logan Savage, here with another Savage Review. Today, I'm reviewing Joker. That's uh, the Joaquin Phoenix and directed by Todd Phillips, Joker. Okay, so I'm just going to have to say that I wasn't really that hyped for this movie going into it when I heard that 
Joaquin Phoenix was going to play the Joker, I don't know, two years ago maybe, um, I thought, oh, that's a, that's a fantastic choice. But it's going to be set in the 70s, but really it was like 1981 or something like that. Um, I just wasn't feeling it. I didn't like that it wasn't connected to the DC universe. You know, like there's no superheroes in this. There's kind of a Batman, but he's too young. I didn't like how the continuity continuity didn't match the movies that came before this. I'm the type of guy that kind of likes things to connect, and the fact that Joker just doesn't connect to anything, I was concerned with. Now, if it wowed me and blew my socks off, I, I would be up for it. Absolutely. And just knowing that it wasn't connected kind of had me not excited. So, I wasn't excited going in. But, you know, the hype train starts building it up and I, I was getting a little bit more excited uh, from week to week. Todd Phillips is a fantastic director. He directed uh, Old School. He directed uh, all the Hangover movies. He's mainly a, uh, a comedy director and now he's moving into... Uh, I, I don't even know what to call this. Uh, serious movie, I guess? Uh, there's hardly any laughs in this movie except for my uh, weird and um, uh, demented sense of humor. I did laugh at a, a few things. But um, this movie was originally supposed to be directed by Martin Scorsese. When the news came out about this uh, Joker movie, Martin Scorsese... Martin Scorsese's name was attached to it. And I love Martin Scorsese. I mean, he's in my top five of directors easily, hands down, one or two. Um, yeah, I was very excited when I heard that, but then obviously when I heard that it wasn't connected to anything, then it got me a little worried. And then Todd Phillips came on, and I think Martin Scorsese... Uh, became a producer and then he just eventually dropped off because he was working on The Irishman. Um, so yeah, I mean The Joker, hands down, my favorite, one of my favorite uh, comic book villains. Uh, I mean, I can't even, I can't even think of another one that's better than him. I mean, he has no powers. And he's went, he went up against like guys like Superman and Aquaman and the whole Justice League. You know, he, uh, I mean, with, with his uh, movie presence, I mean, going back to uh, um, Jack Nicholson and, and um, oh, God, I'm blanking now. Um, you know, the guy that won the Oscar for playing him, 
Jesus Christ, man, my brain is just mush sometimes. Anyways, the Joker is a fantastic character. So, let's get into the movie. I went into this movie not excited, like I said. The movie starts with the Joker uh, in clown makeup and clown outfit, and he's dancing and doing his thing in the street with that big sign. You saw it in the trailer. And uh, he gets his sign stolen, and he... He uh, gets beat. He chases after the the kids that steal it. He gets beat up in an alleyway. He uh, he's just the look of the film. Just reminded me of so many things. So many um, like Martin Scorsese '70s type of movies, like Taxi Driver, and uh, you know, uh, um, uh, just. Just that old, gritty New York feel, even though it's, it's you know, it's Gotham. Um, so he gets beaten up, and one of the other clown guys gives him a gun for protection when he's out on the street doing those type of gigs. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, oh my God, he is fantastic. This ain't your normal Joker. This ain't... Your, uh, you know, Dark Knight Joker. I'm still blanking on uh, that guy's name. I can't believe that. Hey, Google, who played the Joker in the Dark Knight? Ledger. Here's a summary from the website HeathLedger.org. Ledger played the Joker in Christopher Nolan's 2008 film, The Dark Knight. To find out more, look for the link in your Google Home or Google Assistant app. Why wasn't she saying Heath Ledger? It's Heath Ledger, not Ledger. Anyways, I don't know where I was going. Yes, different Joker. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is like a mentally ill... Um, he's not even a psychopath at the beginning. He's just like a, a loser, really. And it's completely different. I've never seen the Joker this way. Yes, the movie doesn't feel like a comic book movie at all. It feels like, oh God, if it, I hate saying this, but it feels almost like an Oscar bait type of movie. Like it feels down and dirty, gritty cinema, you know, of like the 70s and early 80s. It feels like that. It feels like you can reach out and touch Everything on the screen, it's amazing. No CGI, it's beautiful. So he has a gun to protect himself, and he, um, he's going home one night, and he gets harassed by these three businessmen. It's pure 80s, like, bullies, you know? Uh, they're like Wall Street guys or something. They start messing, messing around with him, and... He's got his little weird quirky laugh because he, his laugh is almost like um, a weird nervous tick, uh, almost like, um, um, you know, like having Tourette's or something. So he's laughing at these guys that are bullying him and they start beating the crap out of him while he pops up and shoots them and takes off running. 
and runs right into like a dirty old washroom, uh, you know, public washroom, and just like kind of relishes in the uh, the 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 mayhem that just happened, the the killing. He 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 almost like is born, you know, with this weird dance that he does in the washroom. He's um, I guess he's realizing that this is who he is. He is, uh, I mean, he's bottling in all this chaos and he just needs it to come out. I think it's, uh, it's pure brilliance, the acting from um, Joaquin Phoenix, who, I mean, over the years has, has just been getting better and better with, uh, with uh, his movie roles. Um, so, I mean, obviously, the Joker, you know, I mean, uh, Joaquin is, uh, is struggling. He's, uh, he's a struggling clown. He's a struggling comedian. He wants to be a comedian, but he's struggling at it. He's struggling with his mom, who is obviously crazy herself and has basically uh, handed down, you know, her mental illness to her son. Um, <clears throat> okay, now, this movie didn't seem like a comic book movie, like I said, but there are elements of, uh, like, like Thomas Wayne is in it. Thomas Wayne is, uh, is actually trying to become a politician. It's very similar to, uh, Trump, uh, right now. Um, and, uh, the, the Joker finds out that his mom is writing letters to Thomas Wayne because she used to work for him and got fired from the company and he is mailing these letters for his mom. But one day he reads the letter and realizes that his mom had an affair with Thomas Wayne and, and that he might be the... Um, the um, the son of Thomas Wayne and his his crazy mother, which I'm I, I don't remember her name. Um, so that that was like a very interesting, weird twist um, th that I didn't see coming. Um, there's also a whole like love interest uh, with Zazie Beats and stuff like that. Um, and then near the end, I mean, that just spins out of control and there's a twist there. I'll save that twist. Um, you know, whatever. I'm not going to save any twists. She's not real in his fantasies and he's been on dates with her and she's been to see him do stand-up, which I don't even think he did that. He's trying to get on a TV show that Robert De Niro is hosting because if he gets on there, he's like... It, it almost reminds me of uh, Requiem for a Dream when the old lady wants to get on this. Um, I don't remember if it was a talk show or a game show. But anyways, he's just fantasizing about this show and getting on it and talking to Robert De Niro's character. And uh, obviously, Robert De Niro gets a hold of his uh, one of his stand-up performances and wants him on. So I guess his stand-up performances are real wants him on the show, but almost in a way to make fun of him. Um, we also get, oh God, he, him confronting Thomas Wayne, which was a great scene. 
Um, we get him confronting little baby uh, uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, he's like, a, I don't know, a 10-year-old or something with creepy... I mean, when you put your fingers inside of a kid's face, that is just pure creep. Creep factor to like 11. It's amazing. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but I kind of like this movie. <laughs> but on a different level, not on a comic book type level, this is like, you know, uh, like Taxi Driver, King of Comedy. This is taking a lot from the king of comedy if you haven't watched that movie it's like a, a, a hidden gem uh, martin scorsese de niro uh in the lead role um uh jerry lee jerry lewis not jerry lee lewis jerry lewis the the old comedian guy that did the telethons god my brain's all over the place um yeah and then near the end he goes on the show, he's invited on the show, and that's when he makes himself up. He kills uh, a guy in his mom's apartment. He kills his mom, who's in the hospital. Oh, my God. He's just letting his freak flag fly at this point and becoming the Joker, dancing uh, insanely, you know, um, contorting his body. I mean, the guy lost 50 to 60 pounds to film this movie, I mean, if he doesn't get the Oscar, it's just a shame. I mean, I haven't seen really uh, too many Oscar performances, worthy performances this year, but this is definitely high on my list of, uh, you know, actors that deserve an Oscar, at least uh, nomination. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, he goes to that show, and that's, I mean, what a great monologue. And he basically shoots De Niro. And, I mean, it's so great. And the, the end scene of uh, the city just in chaos, there's a riot with everybody wearing uh, these Joker clown masks. And uh, the great thing at the end is we get the Batman's parents, you know, getting uh, murdered in the alleyway scene. But they're coming out of a movie. So Batman's parents in the comics are somewhere. I can't really remember. They're coming out of the Mask of Zorro. In this movie, they're coming out of um, Zorro the Gay Blade, which is a comedy parody movie. Uh, that took place in the early 80s, maybe late 70s. Um, man, that, that, was, that was hilarious. I don't know if too many people caught it or even know about that movie. I didn't know about it until maybe like five years ago or something. Um, that was a nice little touch. Um, and then, obviously, the Joker gets, um, gets arrested... But then uh, he gets uh, saved by his, his fans, I guess. His, his, I don't know what you would call them, his soldiers that are starting this riot. And they save him. And uh, yeah, and he's free. And the Joker, I mean, 
I can't really remember what happens after that, but this movie was um, one of my favorites this year, that's for sure. Some people might find it, I don't know, boring or not a comic book movie. There's no action. There's no, there's just good acting, uh, a very dark, demented story of a man that is already insane and quite a loser that just goes down the rabbit hole of insanity. Oh, the ending, he gets uh, committed to... Um, to Arkham uh, State Hospital, and he kills the um, the girl that's kind of like his psychologist. Great, great, great ending there. Um, there's also a part where he finds out that Thomas Wayne might have uh, um, might have forged his adoption papers, so it's left kind of open-ended if he is the son of Thomas Wayne or not, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, so really what I thought of this movie was I didn't, I didn't expect it to be this good. I knew it was going to be fairly good from some of the reviews and stuff, but I was going in going, I don't know about this, and I walked out going, wow. Did not expect that. That was fantastic. I hope they don't do a sequel because let's just let this movie live on its own. You know, let's not try to add to this. If you want to do something in this weird, demented, real universe, do it with another villain. Do uh, Dr. Freeze or, or the Riddler or somebody like that, you know? Uh, or uh, dare I say a, uh, a a proper Catwoman movie? I don't know. Um, I would I wouldn't want to see that. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, I'm gonna give this movie four stars. Yeah, I'm gonna give it four stars. I liked it that much. Um, all right. So yeah, that's it for another uh, Savage Reviews. I'll see you next week. Uh, back to you, Steve. Thank you, Logan Savage, for yet again another fantastic movie review. It's funny because I don't even hear them when I edit the episode. I hear them after the episode's already uh, aired. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know if he did spoilers, but no spoilers for me. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you by now have seen it. Uh, I, I loved it. Uh, it was like the perfect, uh, Joker story. Uh, it's funny because people who have seen it have told me it's a movie that could have been anyone. It didn't have to be the Joker. And... You know, okay, I understand that, but to me, it was the Joker. Everything he did was like the Joker. Excuse me, I took a drink. Uh, like, the Joker in uh, The Killing Joke says, 
if he wants to have a pass, he prefers it to be uh, multiple choice. So, like, this movie could just be, like, one, like, bullshit Joker thing, you know? Like, in the movie, you find out he's imagining a lot of stuff. So, like, could the whole story be bullshit? Could the whole thing be just in his head? Uh, I love it. Uh, the scene when he finally gets on to, you know, fuck, spo fuck spoilers, whatever, spoiler, spoiler warning right now, spoilers, just letting you know, um, when he gets on to, uh, oh, fuck, was it Murray, uh, shit, I can't remember the character name, but, um, Robert Nero's character, once he gets on to his show, and I'm watching it, and the whole time he's talking, and there's a coffee mug, right there, and all I could think about was in The Dark Knight Returns, um, when he takes the coffee mug and breaks it, and slices the guy's throat, that's, I was like, honestly, waiting for it, like, I was completely anticipating that, like, holding my breath, waiting for it to happen, and it never did, but what did happen, I thought was great, when he, like, asked, like, what do you get when you take pretty much a psycho and you treat him like shit? And then he goes, you get what you effing deserve and shoots him in the head was great. Like, it was such a good movie. I love Batman. I love the Joker. And I love how, you know, there's Thomas Wayne and you see Bruce as a kid and you see uh, Alfred, you know. I, I, I love that stuff. I love those little, like, Batman nuggets they give you. Cause, like, here, uh, yeah, this, this is Joker. Here's here's some Batman. Just, you know, you know he's going to be Batman. Um, I loved it. Uh, I love how, like, the whole relationship he had with the girl, the neighbor girl, was in his head. Like, it was just insane. Uh, I also... Do you think he killed her? Or is it implied he killed her? I'm not sure. I got... To me, I think he killed her. <coughs> but... They never say. Uh, the scene in his apartment when guys come to visit him and he goes, uh, Yeah, my mom died. I'm celebrating. The way he says it, I laughed so hard and out loud in the theater. And when he puts the chain lock on, and tells the midget, excuse me, the dwarf, the little person, uh, he can leave, he can't reach the lock. I thought it was funny, I thought he was going to end up killing him, and he didn't, but that's like, totally the Joker, like, he'll kill one guy, and, you know, let someone live. Uh, but yeah, no, I highly enjoyed it, uh, definitely gonna buy it when it comes out on DVD. Uh, can't say enough about it. Uh, I'm. I like these. The idea of these DC kind of like Elseworld stories. You know that like you could have these movies that take place outside of the continuity of the DCEU, and you know like kind of like how they have the Elseworld comics, which do the same thing. You know, uh, 
really like that idea. Joker, for me, two big thumbs up. Uh, highly recommend. Um, yeah. So, uh, just going to take a quick second, and when we come back, I'm going to go over my top five horror movie series or franchises of all time since it's Halloween and it's spooky. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, that's what we're going to do. So uh, just uh, hang tight and I'll be right back. seconds pass between that so <clears throat> in honor of Halloween all Hallows Eve I just want to take the time to talk about my top five horror movie series or franchises whatever <clears throat> of all time so I'm gonna go from five to number one uh, number one being my absolute favorite and I'm sure I've mentioned before what it is on maybe wrestling with myself um, maybe on this show anyways top five horror movie franchises or series number five Friday the 13th the reason it's number five is because it's probably the one I've seen more than any others well maybe Ah, just as much as two of them. But when I was younger, we we owned Friday the 13th Part 3. And, um, you know, in 3D. But it was in 3D on the VHS. And my cousin and I and my brother and myself, I just used to watch it all the time. Uh... It was that and The Shining we had on VHS, and I'd watch them over and over again. Um, you know, Jason, iconic, with the hockey mask. You know, I think there was about eight Friday the 13th. And then there was a Jason Goes to Hell, which is not very good. Then there was Jason X, and then Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason, I just watched few days ago it's there's some bad acting in it but it's a great movie it's fun and it, it was like a dream come true putting these those two series together but Friday the 13th you know I would always rent them watch them like from 1 to 8 and then watch I didn't watch Jason goes to hell too much. I think I would watch it and like fast forward to the end, just the part where the Freddy glove comes up and pulls him down. It was such a stupid movie. Like Jason's soul was going from body to body, and uh, it went into like George Washington Duke from Rocky Five was Jason because he like ate the heart of Jason after he exploded. That movie's not that good, but. 
there's so many in the uh, franchise that I love. Part 2 is great. Uh, the one with Corey Feldman, I think, was number 4. I'm not sure, but I love that one. Uh, one of my favorite kills is one time someone's in the sleeping bag and he just swings them up against a tree. Great stuff. Uh, even the remake, uh, myself and Scotty O'Shea recently did a watch-along for the remake. Remake's pretty great, too. Uh, you know, I'm surprised they haven't uh, continued on making sequels of the remakes. Of the remake. But, uh, yeah, I liked it. So, number five... Friday the 13th. Uh, number four for me would be Child's Play. Another one, you know, maybe some of these aren't going to shock anybody. But Child's Play was my one of my favorites because I wasn't really scared of it, ever. But the movies to me were just fun. Like, the first one, uh, I, I loved it. Like, my favorite part in the first one, well, one of my favorite parts is when Chucky gets on the elevator and he's just sitting there and this old couple comes on and they're like, oh, some some little child lost their doll. And he's like, what an ugly doll. And gets off the elevator and then you just hear Chucky go, fuck you. And like, even when I was a kid, I, I love that. You know when you're a kid and you hear swearing, it just makes you laugh. Now to, the, to this day, swearing makes me laugh, but that that part was so funny. Uh, the suspense in the movie, you know, like he gets lit on fire, he gets shot, he just keeps coming, just keeps coming. Cut the head off, he keeps coming, you know. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, the sequel, I liked it, you know. I would have liked if the uh, the mom carried over, Chris Sarandon's character carried over. But we still did get Andy, played by Alex Vincent. Um, the third one, to me, was a little meh, you know? They aged up Andy, made it like a lot more years have passed. Uh, and he went to military school. Uh, one thing I never understood in that movie is, in the first Child's Play, the voodoo guy tells Chucky that... He has to, the only way he can change back is he's got to transfer uh, from the doll into a human body. And he only do it to the person that he first revealed uh, his secret to. So that's uh, Andy. But in the third one, he's trying to play hide the soul with uh, the kid that finds him. So I don't know if it's each version of the Chucky doll or Charles Lee Ray. Uh, Bride of Chucky was... I liked it at the time. Loved the soundtrack. Good movie, you know, for by horror movie standards. Uh, when I go back and watch it, it doesn't really hold up, but still a good movie. Uh, Seed of Chucky, on the other hand, was crap. I watched it once, and that was all I needed to see. Um, then there was Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. I really enjoyed both of those. You know, uh, Cult of Cult of Chucky came out a couple years ago, and then 
this past year, a few months ago, we had uh, Child's Play, the remake, which I also liked the remake. I liked it a lot. I liked the idea of, like, you know, it just being, like, a really advanced doll that uh, <laughs> an angry employee takes all the inhibitors off for this uh, artificial intelligence and makes it, like, extremely violent. And <laughs> I uh, I liked it. It was a good story. Mark Hamill as Chucky was pretty good. Um, Brad Dorf is the best Chucky, though. Uh, I hope that they somehow get back to, like, um, Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky, like, timeline. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, that's my number four. Uh, next, number three. The next two are kind of a tie. Uh, but I ended up just going with, like, what I watch the most. And when I'm looking for something to watch, which one I'm going to put on first. And so I put number three, Nightmare on Elm Street. Which could be easily a number two tied with my number two. Uh, I love... Freddy Krueger, uh, when I was a kid, I was terrified of Freddy Krueger, the thought of Freddy Krueger scared the living shit out of me, uh, you know, just someone getting you in your dreams and, uh, killing you and you don't wake up, uh, <laughs> I had many a nightmare of Freddy Krueger, um, but then I also, at the same time, I kind of got over it, and I just loved it, because when I was a kid, Freddy was like, he was like, pop, pop culture, like, phenomenon, like, there was talking Freddy Krueger dolls, he had a hotline, there was a TV show, there was so much stuff, he had, like, albums, he had, he would be on songs with, like, the Fat Boys, and be on songs with, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Will Smith, you know, uh, Nightmare on My Street, uh, stuff like that. He was everywhere. Uh, you would see other movies and they would reference Freddy Krueger by name. He was like a pop, pop culture icon. And still to this day, he is. Uh, I just love the movies. Uh, Dream Warriors, the third one, is by far my favorite. Uh, I only own two of them. I own the first one, and I own Dream Warriors. But with that being said, the second one, when I was a kid, I really liked it. As I got older, I got, uh, oh, I started hearing more things about it. Uh, you start to see some of the, uh, the stuff that, uh, people talk about, uh, being a, um, <laughs> the most gay horror movie of all time, uh, but still, I, there's things about I like, like the the iconic line "You're all my children now" comes from the second Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Dream Warriors introduced like powers, and you know you can do whatever you want in your dream. Um, the song from Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. I, to this day, loved it. Uh, but yeah, the fourth one, the fifth one, you know, alright. Uh, I think the fourth one was, 
don't remember if it had a tag, but then the fifth one was the Dream Child, which was kind of weird, but, you know. Uh, then you had Freddy's Dead, which, when I was a kid, I liked. Um, but, you know, it doesn't really hold up nowadays. Uh, then there was Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which I loved. Great movie. It's such a good movie. No one see, saw it. Uh, you know, it's got like the fourth wall breaking stuff. It's just, to me, it's so good. Uh, it reminds me of um, Last Action Hero. Uh, another movie that, you know, didn't do great financially at the box office. But if you watch it now, Class Action Hero is a great movie. Like, the jokes land, you know, action's pretty solid. The story itself is not a bad movie. Uh, we have to do an episode to talk about Last Action Hero. But, yeah, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, like, when I was over being terrified of Freddy, made me afraid of Freddy again when I was 10 years old and I was afraid of him again. Because they made him darker, they made him scarier. It was, it was something else. I remember it like we used to have a, what they called back in the day a black box. It was a, where you get illegal um, movie channels you can watch them for free. That's how I used to watch all pay per views back in the day. And I remember Wes Craven's New Nightmare playing like twenty four hours a day for like a couple weeks and I watched it so much it was by far one of my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movies uh, again Freddy vs. Jason I already mentioned it uh, and then we had uh, the remake of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street which I only watched twice and I didn't really mind it that much it's just to me I couldn't get out of, uh, what's his name, Jackie Earl Haley, I think that's his name, uh, his voice, it, he just sounded like Warshak pretending to be Freddy, well, I guess being Freddy, I guess everybody's pretending in movies, but I, like, I did like it, I just, to me, some movies just shouldn't be remade, and I don't think, like, um, Like I said, I like the uh, Halloween, uh, no, no, sorry, the Friday the 13th remake, because it could just fit into, like, any real timeline, you know, it just could be just, like, another story of Jason, but, you know, you still could have got Robert England to be Freddy, and you could have did a new one, so, you know, I give them a, a, a B-plus for effort, but... Yeah, you know, maybe I'll have to take another uh, watch of it. Uh, for number two, again, I said uh, three and two are kind of a tie. I have Halloween. Uh, I think the reason I rank Halloween a little bit higher is because I love Halloween H2O. I saw that in theaters. That was, I think, the first horror movie I've seen in theater. In the theater with my, my cousin... And uh, my friend, like the summer, going from junior high into high school, and we saw it at a theater in Mississauga. It was like opening day, packed. And I remember at the end when uh, 
Jamie Lee Curtis chops off Michael's head. I'm doing air quotes here. Uh, the theater cheered, which is such a cool, like, thought. Like, it was the first time I ever experienced that, going to a movie. Uh, I remember from that, my friend and my cousin, we, like, I think that night we went to Blockbuster and rented the other Halloweens, and then we started watching them. Uh, you know, I, I fell in love. I loved the first one. Loved the second one. I liked the third one. It has nothing to do with Michael Myers. As, like, a standalone, just, you know, like, horror movie. Hey, it's pretty decent. You know? Get, think, just forget, like, you know, uh, it's called Halloween. And give it a chance. It's actually, like, not that bad of a horror movie. Uh, four and five, I never really, honestly, I could barely stand them nowadays. Uh, Curse of Michael Myers, I actually liked. I remember that coming out when I was in about grade five and it being on TV and me and my same cousin uh, being excited to to watch it and liking it at the time. Uh, to go on to find out that there's a producer's cut that's way different, I'd love to see it. I think um, Jeff Smith probably owns it. But I didn't hate it and even now, nowadays, I don't hate it. Like, the story is a bit of a mess, but I don't hate it. Uh, I loved H2O. I don't hate Resurrection. It's not a good movie, but there's some kills in it that are entertaining. The story's a little weak. Funny, that story, that movie, I read the script, and it was like first draft, and it was pretty close to what they made. Um, yeah, you know, it was a bit of a mess. But then we had Rob Zombie, uh, his remake, which I really enjoyed. I liked, uh, a re it was a reimagining. I think they spent a little too much time when he's a kid. Uh, but I do, I, I did really like it. The second Rob Zombie one, not as much. It's, it was weird. They made him talk, I think. Maybe it was in the director's cut. I don't know. Or like a uh, deleted scene. You know, the whole white horse stuff. and uh, It's just too much. Uh, and then last year we had Halloween. So they disregarded any of the sequels, including part two and it picks up so essentially I guess how it goes is Loomis shoots Michael Myers over the balcony the end of part one and he ends up getting caught then he's in jail for over I think 40 years and he, he not jail he's back at Smith Grove and he gets loose and he's going back after Laurie Strode who no longer is his sister, and they just kind of, you know, H2O never happened, uh, four, five, six, never happened, Resurrection never happened, and it was a great movie, it was, 
a great movie. I I loved it. I wish I could say I didn't like it. But I liked it. And, you know, they're doing a sequel to the remake, I guess. I don't know. It's a kind of it's like a reboot, right? It was like a reboot following the same timeline. Um Yeah, no, uh I liked last year's Halloween. Um, I'm looking forward to the sequel. So that's going to bring me to my number one, and it is Scream. Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream 3, even Scream 4. I love these movies. I'm a fan of comedy. I love the com the comedy aspect, the comedic elements of the movies. I love the story because back then, when it came out in 1996, cell phones were kind of new. Not everyone had one. And, you know, someone could, like, I was hooked on the premise of someone really could, you know, just call somebody, wear a random costume. I remember before that movie came out, I used to see that costume at Halloween shops. And it's seeing it in the movie. It was like, man, this this could really happen. Uh, but yeah, the first one was amazing. Uh, Wes Craven is a fantastic director. Not just a horror movie director. He's a fantastic director. Uh, he apparently didn't want to do that movie at first and then like kind of like got roped into it and thank god he did he did all four of them uh it's weird he's now passed on i hear there might not be a five or six without him i would love for them to do it bring back kevin williamson who wrote the first one and i think he wrote some treatments and uh some stuff for the second and third one i think he might even wrote the second one and the fourth one, he had a little bit to do with it. But smart guy, man. You know, uh, yeah, the first one, like, it broke the rules, right? Like, the star of the movie, Drew Barrymore, she's the first one dead. You know, uh, I love how they would make fun of tropes, or they talk about horror movie tropes, and then they'd fall victim to the same tropes. It was funny. Uh, the first one was great. Second one, uh, I liked a lot. Uh, it's, it, it, it's not as good as the first one, but it, it's a really good sequel. The third one, I actually love the third one. I love the idea of, like, a backstory. And, you know, there's almost this idea that there was a third killer in the first one. And to go back to the first one there, I have a theory that there is a third killer that you don't know about because in the first one they go to a scene uh, at the video store and Billy and Stu are there talking to Randy then it goes to a scene with uh what was Dewey's sister? Tatum and Sydney at, I think, Tatum's house, or maybe Sydney's, and they're talking, and then there's someone in the bushes in the costume. So, 
you know, that's just my theory. I'm probably wrong, but I'm just saying, hey, that's my theory. Uh, the third one, I loved it, though. I loved, uh, it was a little bit more jokier, but I liked it. I liked it being in Hollywood. It was kind of, it was a cool little thing. Um, I love the fourth one. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of shit on it, but I, I liked it. Like, I love the idea that, like, Gail has writer's block because she can't write, like, I guess, uh fiction, you know, because everything she wrote is, you know, in the first movie she wrote the book about Sydney's mom and Cotton, and then, like, second one, The Woods of Earl Martyrs, and then, like, she wrote, she wrote, like, I guess three books, and, uh, she, being married to Dewey and stuff, I love that, uh, I find it ironic that, you know, Sydney is now a writer, um, I like the idea of, like, a relative of Sydney being the killer because she's jealous of Sydney. Um, if I were to rank them from my favorite, from my least favorite to favorite, I would go, uh, two, four, three, one. Uh... You know, but I love all of them. If any of them are on, I catch them on TV. I watch them. I did own all four of them on Blu-ray, but I seem to have misplaced them. So I guess that means I'm just going to have to buy them again. Um, yeah, but by far, by far, Scream, my favorite horror movie series of all time. Uh, the TV show, I only watched season one. I got to watch season two. Season one, loved it. Um... I think there was a season three, it was like a mini-series, where they brought back the ghost face mask. Really interested in seeing that. I'd love for them to make a five or a six, or just, just keep making them. I don't understand with horror movies why you just don't keep making them. People are going to see them, so just make them. If they go straight to video, people are going to buy them. Straight to video on demand, people are going to buy it. Just, just do it. Like, you know? Um... So yeah, uh, if you want to leave a comment, say maybe some of your favorite horror movies, uh, these are just my horror movie series. My, like, horror movies in general would be a little bit different. There's a lot of one-offs and stuff that I do like. Uh, an honorable mention, too, that almost, I'll give you three that almost made the list, and I won't go into too much heavy detail, uh... Evil Dead almost made the list because it was just, I love them, but, you know, the first one and the second one are pretty much the same movie. Army of Darkness was so fun when I was a kid. Um, Psycho, I'm a big fan of the Psycho movies. The first one, classic, but two and three, I think, are so good and so underrated that, like, people really need to give them a chance. And then Hellraiser. Uh, Hellraiser, still to this day, the concept, to me, scares the shit out of me. Uh, you know, imagine having a Rubik's Cube, and you <laughs> put the Rubik's Cube, you, you finish it, and, you know, hell demons show up, and they're perverted, you know? But, uh, yeah, okay, 
you know, share in the comments. Send a comment, you know. Share, you know, some of your favorite horror movie series, you know. It's Halloween week. Lots of horror movies have been on TV. Let me know, you know. Uh, you retweet us or tweet us at the... Uh, is that a tweet? It's Twitter. You tweet. Tweeter? Twitter. We're uh, WGC Network on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, When Geeks Collide, YouTube, you can find us, When Geeks Collide. You know, send a message, leave a comment, you know, I'm going to set up links for the podcast, just wherever you heard the podcast from, just make a comment under there saying your favorite horror movie uh, series or franchises. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, took a couple weeks off, back, this has been episode 5 since we've been back, again, I'm extremely happy with the way everything's going, I'm not uh, doing these expecting to have, you know, a million view listens, but, you know, I just, I'm a nerd, I'm a big nerd, and I'm sure, you know, enough of my nerdiness gets out when I do the When Geeks Collide, but uh, this is When Geeks Collide, when I'm on Wrestling With Myself with uh, Scotty O'Shea, but I just like this forum where I could just talk about geek stuff, and, you know, pretty much it's just me talking about Marvel Legends, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm actually staring a hole through a... Marvel 80, 80 Years, Marvel Legends 2-Pack, Colossus, and Juggernaut right in front of me. I think I'm going to maybe open this up and uh, give a little review ski and a uh, little, you know, unboxing vid. So, uh, look for that soon, again, on Twitter, WGC Network, uh, Anchor, we're the podcast gets uploaded to and it gets sent out to the other podcast platforms around where anchor.fm slash WGC network on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, When Geeks Collide. I'm Steve. When Geeks Collide. We'll be back next week for sure. You know what? I just want you all to have a happy Halloween and just be safe if you have kids make sure they're safe make sure to check their candy I'll be back with you next week Geeks out